From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Welcome to Book Circle Online. I'm your host, Fern Ronay, and I am joined today by Bonnie J. Wallace, author of the Hollywood Parents Guide, and she is the perfect person to write this book because her daughter is none other than Dove Cameron, who stars in Live and Maddie on the Disney Channel and many more things. And this is an awesome book. I loved it. Welcome. Thank, Thank you so you. much for being here. I'm so happy to be here, Fern. I feel as if I should be congratulating you as well <laughs> on all of Dove's <laughs> success, even though she's she worked very hard and she continues to work very hard. But after reading this, I have a whole new appreciation, like we were talking about earlier, for child actors and their parents. You were are a one-woman CEO of this one-person company, and you had to work pretty hard. So congratulations. Thank you. I hope you're enjoying all of Dove's success. <laughs> I am. I'm getting to do really fun stuff. Like I'm going to fly to New York on Tuesday and she's going to do the Macy's Thanksgiving parade. Nice. It's like, that's that's pretty neat. <laughs> nice. And five years ago, you never could have imagined. No, no. Five years ago, we were living on an island near Seattle and she was a 14-year-old girl singing into her hairbrush in the living room. <laughs> Like many 14-year-old girls. So I I just love your story, and I love the book. It's chock full of really helpful advice, plus great stories. And so I love the beginning. I love the ending. I love everything in the middle. But I would love if you would read the first two paragraphs. You bet. Five years ago, if someone had told me that my teenage daughter, who had little more than community theater on her resume, would soon be the star of her own Disney Channel show, star in four movies in three years, and have multiple songs on iTunes, I would have told them they were dreaming. Today I can tell you, amazing adventures begin with dreams. Yay! <laughs> I love it. Um, so let's start at the very beginning. Um, so five years ago, you were on Bainbridge Island, is mm -hmm. that right, in Washington. Um, like you mentioned, your daughter was 14. She was begging you. Can we please move to LA? Every day, literally, <laughs> like lobbying me. <laughs> and you were you are very frank in the book about your situation being different than a lot of other people's. You had recently been divorced. You sold a business in the course of the divorce and were able to have some money in the bank. Your older mm -hmm. daughter, you have two daughters, started college. So you were in a pretty good situation to make it happen, but it still takes guts. What was that moment or that if there was a moment or what was it that made you finally say yes there there it was it was the culmination of several things you know she really had been lobbying me steadily practically daily for the better part of a year <laughs> so there was that i thought okay she really really means this right. you know um and of course I, I i knew she had the talent um there's always a lot of luck involved mm -hmm. that you can't know about um but a couple of things sort of tipped the balance for me she she she's a very logical person and she made a very logical argument to me and she said look you know I can wait until I'm 18 if I have to and then I'll go down at 18 but it'll be so much harder for me then I'll mm -hmm. be I'll be competing in a much bigger pond with 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 people up to 30 for the same jobs and you know if we go down now I have a much better shot at actual success and getting somewhere. That was the first thing that I thought. Oh. At 14. At 14, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's making this argument. She could have been a lawyer if it, this, you know. She totally could have. That's another option. <laughs> uh, if she ever gets bored with this track. But um, but I, I thought, you know, I can't argue with that because it's right. clearly true. Mm -hmm. And that, that kind of 
stuck under my skin. And then the other thing that I really, really couldn't get around was that nagging thought, like, if we don't do this, we will never, never know what mm-hmm. could have happened. And I couldn't, I couldn't bear that. Mm-hmm. I, I would, I would so much rather try something and, you know, maybe not hit the mark than, right. than just live with that terrible, terrible, sad wondering all the right. rest of my life. And right. and I couldn't do that to her either. I always say failures. I'd rather fail than have regret. Right? Couldn't live with the possibility of that regret. So that's that's what did it. I finally thought, all right, kid, let's just do this. <laughs> so you came to L.A. and you'd been to L.A. before on business. Mm-hmm. Wasn't too fond of it then. But no. <laughs> you, you came. She didn't have an agent because mm-hmm. a lot of people wait until they land an agent before moving. But you yeah. moved. Um, and you give some really good tips about, even before, we'll discuss the move, but even before that, about how do you know. Um you know, you're, you have to, you give really good tips that basically say your kid can't just want to be famous. No. There is so much more to it. So if your child does have a gift for singing and acting, the how do you know is so important before obviously deciding to move. It's critical because, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're throwing a huge amount of money down a hole with, with, with no knowing, you know, if it's going to pan out or not. The odds are it's not going to pan out. You know, let's be honest. Right. So so you have to really believe that your kid means that they want it for the right reasons. Because mm-hmm. this is a really, you know, it's a difficult industry, and I don't want to gloss over that. And the kids who are doing it, who are succeeding, are passionate about it. Right. And your kid will be competing with kids who, like, live and breathe this stuff, so they need to be that way, too. Right. Um, and, and I think with social media, especially these days, there's... Mm-hmm. You know, there have always been kids who wanted to be movie stars, you know, ever since there have been movies. Right. Um, but, but I think especially with, with, with all the extra social media these days, there's a lot of kids who just basically want to be famous. And mm-hmm. so they say they want to be actors, but they've never even auditioned for anything. They've never even done a school play. Right. And it's like, okay, if your kid says they want to be an actor, let them audition for the school play or take them to the local community theater or give them a couple of classes at a summer camp and see if there's some some solidity to that. Right. To see if they don't want to be doing something else. Yeah, and if they, if, if, if they sign up for the for the local community theater, but they'd rather be out, you know, at their friend's house when it's time for rehearsal, then you know maybe you shouldn't take it as seriously. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> so, okay, talking about the move, you got here. What was your first, you know, you kind of put the bags down, you're in an apartment. What was your first thought? Because then it did take a year. It took a full year, like a year to the week. Wow. <laughs> Before she got her first job. <laughs> and it took us about four months to get an agent. And that was that was the first kind of like, oh, man, what have I done? Right? <laughs> what was I'm I sure, thinking? yeah. Because um, we didn't get any of that stuff in place first. I um, I just thought, well, we'll figure it out as we as we go. And we did. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were fortunate. But, but it turns out that you can't just expect to get a meeting with anybody that you want to get a meeting with around here. And that was kind of a rude surprise. Right. And so you ended up, you know, you basically, you didn't know anyone. So when you finally got your meeting with Dove's, the woman who would become Dove's agent, you used connections that you probably never thought you would end up using. That's so true. You know, I mean... We had exactly one connection, mm-hmm. and 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 I didn't believe we would need it. But I I was doing the things that I thought I should be doing. I was sending out a resume and headshot to, you know, really a very short list of people that I. There were <laughs> right, the top you had your people, top three agents top three. that you were like, this 
let's start from the top. Yeah. Which I, I think is a good strategy. Right? I mean, if I fail, I'll just go down. But why right. start from the bottom and go up? Why not right. from the top? You know, it did work out. Right. Um, thankfully. Thankfully. But they weren't returning my calls. They weren't, like, nothing. It was, like, throwing stuff down a hole. And, and I thought, okay, this is, this is not getting me anywhere. And I didn't know what else to do. I thought, you know, I can't just, like, camp out on their doorstep. I know that's probably not going to work. <laughs> um, and so we had one connection. Um, she was somebody who'd been a mentor for Dove up in uh, Bainbridge. And, and she was one of the people who helped me know that it wasn't just me who thought my kid had the talent to right. do it. She was she was the kind of mentor who said, you know, your kid's really got something. You really, really should strongly consider taking her to L.A. Um, and, and it was some of the confidence that mm-hmm. I got to come down here and leave everything behind right. was was through conversation with her. And so I finally called her and I said, I, you know, I don't know what to do. This isn't working here. And she said, all right, who are you trying to reach? And um, she knew one of them. It happened to be Pamela Fisher, the one I really wanted most of all. Yes. And, and she made a phone call, not to Pamela, but to someone who then called Pamela. And literally in less than 15 minutes, you I was called. It was crazy. Isn't that amazing? So it is helpful to know somebody. Right. And I love the lesson of you're leaving Washington, but you had to reach back to Washington to make something happen here. So talk to whoever you know. Reach out. It's a really good lesson. It's helpful. And the truth is there are there are people everywhere. I mean, we are all like, you know, six degrees of separation from everybody. Right. And we're often only one or two degrees of separation. Right. Everyone, I think, is one phone call away <laughs> from everybody else. Um you do a great job in the book of managing expectations and warning without, you know, trying to <laughs> scare people. It's really well written. There's a Thank great you. balance between telling the truth and not being discouraging. So one of the things that I think you explain really well is to not spend too much time doing background work, yeah. being an extra. It's not going to get you anywhere. No. You're a child anywhere. No, it, it, it really breaks my heart, to be honest, because it's, it's very clear that, that many of the people who um, work as, as background um, or extras, which is another word for that, they really believe that they're like paying their dues or they're like, you know, building the path mm-hmm. to their dream career. It doesn't work that way. Where they think the director is going to spot them. They're going to be they noticed. That, right. Yeah, they're going right. to be discovered on set because of their inherent amazingness. But right. this sounds really snarky. But the problem is it doesn't work that way. Right. You know, and, and the, the background workers, extras, are, are corralled. They're, they're kept in a separate area. They're not even, like, the director hardly even sees them. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no way in the world that's ever going to lead to anything. All it does is it chews you up. If you're a kid, it takes your kid out of school. Um, you don't learn anything in particular, although I will say, um, I think a couple of times, maybe mm-hmm. like one or two, three max, right. can be educational for a kid and maybe for a parent, too, because mm-hmm. they can kind of get the lay of the land of how a set works. Right. But beyond that, if you get too much um, extras work, you can you can get pigeonholed. Right. And actually, it can work against you, and you will not be taken so seriously as an actor because it's not considered real acting, and it even shouldn't be put on a resume. It's great advice. And another um, kind of dream or things that people hear that they think, "Why is when's that going to happen to me?" is being discovered in the shopping mall, <laughs> which is often <laughs> there. Actually, is a story in this book of someone who was, but it was a kind of different situation. It was completely. Yeah. So um, there are a lot of scams, and you give good advice on recognizing scams and and basically the money should flow to the person doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. If 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 your kid 
is approached in a shopping mall and told, oh my gosh, you've got star quality, I can make you a star, or anything like that, or, you know, you're approached, and it's like, your kid is so cute, I can, it's like, no. (laughs) Right. You can't make those promises. Nobody can make those promises. It doesn't work that way. And, And odds are that they're trying to sell you something. And and it's tough because, you know, every kid wants to believe that secretly they've got something special that somebody can just see. And, mm-hmm. and, and every parent wants to believe that about their kid. And these people prey on that. You're right. And it's terrible. So I think a great lesson, like you mentioned, is you shouldn't be paying Mm-mm. what they ask you to pay or really anything. Well, you know, I mean, acting classes, good idea, you right. know, um, but but make headshots. Headshots. You have to have headshots. Right. You know those are not free. Right. You, should, you need to pay for headshots. <laughs> right. But but like you know, especially if there's somebody who calls themselves an agent or a manager, but they're asking for you to pay them. It's like no, actually, that's, that's, a, that's illegal. illegal right? Yeah, yeah. At least in California, in California, it's illegal. There are, are some states where it's legal, but you should really question that because agents and managers should only get paid when your kid gets paid because they got them work. Right. Exactly. Another thing, um, you know, the parent is obviously the parent and obviously guiding the career, but they're also a protector. So there's a fine line on sets between hovering and being, you don't want to be the classic stage mom, but making sure that they're okay. Yeah. So you told a story of Dove um, doing the Christmas show in the middle of July for Liv and Maddie, and she, the description is hilarious. She's dressed, you know, in a Santa hat, and she's all bundled up, and it was hot. They couldn't have the air on in the studio. And you had you asked them to stop shooting and you're very conscious of stopping shooting costs money but this is your child Mm -hmm. so was that the only time you did that Mm, no there was another time that was kind of a hilarious extreme opposite (laughs) when we were shooting cloud nine up in the snow at night like at two in the morning it was a night shoot and, and 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 it was way below freezing and and you could just tell that she was about to just completely lose it, you know, because she was crazy tired and it was super cold and it was really late and and I was talking to the set teacher um, and, and the set teacher's great because they're, ad- they're actually an advocate for minors on set and she was saying mm, I, think, mm, I think we should we should pull the plug on this pretty soon I said yeah, I think if they don't close this in one more take, I'm going to ask them to just like one more and then that's it, she's got to mm-hmm. be done and it's hard, it's hard right. because if they don't get the shot it right. compromises the quality of the movie, maybe, and they don't get the location again. But it's you got to take care of your kid right. too. It's Nobody else. Fine. Yeah. One of the um, funny stories you relay is your daughter, who's also an actress, was on a set that was it was a student production, and she was asked to jump off a roof onto a mattress. And I'm reading this, and I'm I'm thinking that she's going to say no. Right. And then it says she only had you know minor bruises and some sores the next day. So she did it. She did it. So it's a great lesson that it's okay to say no. And especially depending on the set that you're on. So that was a student film where there's certainly a lot of less protection. Mm-hmm. No protection, as it turns out. So that was my older daughter, Claire, mm-hmm. who's seven years older than Dove and was going to college on the East Coast and was acting in a student film that one of her fellow students was had written and was directing. And he's like, yeah, just jump off and we've got this mattress here for you. And of course, you know, kids don't like to say no. Kids like to be good mm-hmm. and say yes and do what they think is expected of them and please people. And I think maybe girls a little more even. I mean, it could have been disastrous, but it's like not a union shoot. Union right. shoots, they've got all kinds of rules and regulation for safety. Right. So... The fine line between saying no and and not being a stage mom, 
that comes through in from the beginning. You don't want to be the mom who's because you don't want to be the mom who's going to be difficult when your child is auditioning when they're um, before an agent, a potential agent. The agent is auditioning the mom as well, the parent, the mom or dad as well, because they're going to be working very closely with this person and you want a a good coworker. So parents need to be mindful that you're on, you're being auditioned as well. This is so true. I'm really happy you brought that up because I think that parents don't really appreciate that. Um, I've seen a lot of parents who seem to be just completely oblivious of the fact that they're their contribution to the project is as important as their kids. And if they're difficult to work with or if they make people crazy, their kid may not get hired. Or if they get hired, they may not be hired again. And it's mm-hmm. it's real and it's sad because you can have, like, crazy, talented kids who are hardworking, who have every opportunity in terms of their own contribution, but they can have a parent who can actually wreck that for them. Which is sad. It's very sad. So the best advice to parents is... Stay out of the way. Make sure they're not jumping off roofs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> but for the most part, stay out, be professional. Stay out of the way. Be professional. Be professional like you would in any other work situation. You're being professional on behalf of your kid, basically. Mm-hmm. Speaking of auditions, that's the chunk of the time. Driving, parking, going to ha- many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and you the frustrating thing is you just never know how it goes. Nope. There's no way to tell. Um, people always talk about the look. And it has nothing to do with looks, which you explain beautifully. My husband's a creative director in advertising. He always says, the most beautiful girl will come in and she just doesn't have what they're looking for. And they reject her. And she leaves probably thinking like, I need to lose weight or I need to cut my hair or something. Yeah. And he's like, if she had any idea. That's the other frustrating thing because you don't always get a lot of feedback. You frequently get no feedback whatsoever. So you have, you're going in blind. You're leaving blind. You end up blind <laughs> forever. Um, but you just have to go with your heart and do the best you can. And I love the one story of Luke, who was five years old. He was auditioning. It was hard for him to memorize lines at five years old. And she, the mother thought, what does he know? What does he know? What does he memorize? He memorized the Pledge of Allegiance. He goes to school. And he went in into the Pledge of Allegiance and was cast as Mel Gibson's son. Yeah, and began his career. <laughs> that was his first job, right? Yeah, yeah. And the Pledge of Allegiance got it. I love that story, too. That's Kenda Benward, Luke Benward's mom. And, um, I mean, one of my favorite parts about the book in general is these interviews, because it's not just a how-to book. It's got a ton of how-tos, nitty-gritty, basic stuff that you have to know. And there's a lot of stories in it, and some of them are our stories, but these interviews are a hoot, and you get these crazy, amazing stories. It's like, okay, there's more than one way to do this. Exactly. And so when Dove auditioned for who became her agent, Pamela Fisher, Mm -hmm. she did the Meryl (laughs) Streep stuff monologue, the lumpy blue sweater. I love, that's one of my favorite movies, one of my favorite scenes. What made her choose that? She resonated with it. Yeah. <laughs> she just loved it. She, she, she admires Meryl Streep, so she wanted to do something of somebody's that she admired, I think, at 14. Never mind that she was 14 and it was a middle-aged woman's right. fashion editor model. Miranda Priestley, yeah. She felt, you know, like she had an she interior. identified with Miranda. Miranda Priestley, I think. But you said in the book you wouldn't maybe not recommend doing that. Yeah, Pam was laughing about it. She's like, that was a pretty interesting choice. I mean, in general, if you're auditioning with a monologue, you know, you want it to be something that makes some sense with who you are in reality, something that somebody might actually buy is possibly true. (laughs) But it worked. It did work. Your interview with Pamela Fisher is phenomenal. And 
I love particularly one thing she said. You asked her, have you ever said to a kid who you've seen and said, this isn't for you, give up? And she said, never, because there have been people who she has seen who she thought, this isn't going to work out. And they went on to be stars. Yeah. Which gave me chills. It gives me chills right now as we're talking about it. And, you know, I mean, how many times have I read that in my own book as I was editing or whatever? It still gives me chills because, you know, Pam Fisher is one of the best youth agents in the country, maybe the best in L.A. And and for her to say with complete humble honesty, like, who am I? I don't know. It's it's beautiful. Amazing. Yeah. I love it. Anybody can make it. Right. So, exactly. <laughs> um, and she's also a great agent because there was a time when Dove felt that she wanted to go back to being a normal high school kid. Mm-hmm. So when you moved here, she was 14. Did she enroll in school right away? Or you were mm-hmm. like, we're going to homeschool? No, no. We, we, we'd we already tried the homeschool thing. And it's okay. I love the idea of homeschooling, but we were not great at so it. So you did the homeschooling <laughs> in Washington. We did. Okay. We did. And by the time we got to Burbank, we, we landed in Burbank. I was like, okay, kid, let's. she was too. So let's try just normal school here and for a while. And she tried online too. She did. Did that she was try that in Washington Washington well? also, okay. yeah. Okay. We, we just we just weren't super successful right. at that thing. And <laughs> so like, let's, let's try the real thing again. So she was in, enrolled in Burbank High and she fell in love with the show choir there. And she was starting to feel like a a normal kid again yeah. and 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 then she went through this period where it was like you know maybe I just need to have one more year in high school and get that experience before it's behind me and okay. Pam you know to her great credit after investing a ton of time and energy and blood and sweat and everything else that an agent and a manager does into somebody said all right we are here for you 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 go do what you need to do and if you decide you want to come back and audition some more we're here awesome incredibly awesome we and, were totally supportive. And she did do that. Yeah, she did. She actually, um, it was really only like a couple of months. And she's like, no, I want to come back. I want to be a regular kid. I'm not, not into me. this regular high school right? thing. I want to be an actor after all. Good. So, well, that's a good test for you. Knew she, this really was her, her passion and her destiny. No question. Yeah. So when she was enrolled in regular school, taking her out for auditions, how did you... Um, how did you manage it? Was the school, are the schools in LA more liberal, more? No. no? <laughs> Sadly, no. It was hard and it was frustrating. And that's honestly why a lot of people homeschool because just like, you know, it, it, auditions are not excused absences. You know, if you have a work permit and a whole bunch of other stuff in place and your kid is actually working, that's an excused absence. The school works with the set teacher, yada, yada. But if you're just auditioning, it's like, no, it's an unexcused absence. And you can't have that many of those. And How many keep your grades up. Get? It depends on the school. I right. think it was like five, which is not enough. I mean, which you can nothing. lose that to the flu, right? right. So um, most youth agents and managers will try and schedule auditions for kids for the after school slot. But that's not always possible. Yeah. You know, the, the directors or the casting directors aren't always available at that time. So there were a lot of dental appointments. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Burbank High. <laughs> I was going to say, how did you get around it? It was it okay. was hard, and to yeah. be honest, it did affect her grades, which yeah. was frustrating. It's like, and that's a morale issue for a kid who wants to do well, right? Um, and if your grades go down to a certain level, you lose your work permit, and then you can't do it at all. Which is oh, like, oh, so that's a it's tricky. Circle. It is, yeah. And then, how did you um, decide? You know, were there any auditions where you said she can't miss school for this? 
There were some that we passed on. I mean, stuff that didn't look like it was really compelling enough and it was during school hours, we'd say, oh, we'd like to pass on this one. Okay. You know, but that's tricky, too, because yeah. you don't want to pass on too many things if your agent has really worked hard to knock down a door for you. Right. But you felt comfortable with Pamela saying. Absolutely. Yeah. I I could call her 24-7 and she'd be right there for us. Yeah. The, you talk about a lot of um, kids. You know, it's hard if you're you a parent, you have more than one child, you're living in, let's say, Louisiana, and you, but your kid has this passion. There are times when kids live with their agents. That's happened. Yeah. And there have been good stories and bad stories like everything else. But yeah. that's got to be hard for parents to let them go and live with a virtual stranger. I think it's though. a bad idea in general. I mean, um, a really common scenario is with a family with, with more than one kid is, you know, typically the mom, sometimes the dad, one of the parents will come out to L.A. with the, the young actor and be here with them while they, you know, go for it and get all their right. ducks in a row and audition uh, while the other parent holds down the fort and takes care of the other kids. And the family split up and it's it's very, very stressful and a lot of people do it. Right. I'm really grateful that we didn't have to make that choice. Right. Yeah, I commend these families who who do it. Yeah. Um, you described the ideal situation because p- people are probably wondering, how how do we do this? The ideal situation would be, you know, if the dad works, he can financially provide for the entire family, and then the mom does all of the uh, uh, basically unpaid full-time job. It is an unpaid full-time job, or, or of course, vice versa. I do know um, it's probably... 85, 15 stage moms and stage mm-hmm. dads, but there's really quite a few stage dads and, and, you know, they put in years doing that. So then, then the mom is the one bringing in, you know, the bacon right. or whatever. But as long as one of the parents can make enough money to bring it all in, and it's hard because you've got, sometimes you've got two households right. you're supporting and LA is not cheap. Right. So yes, ideally, if you're, if you've got the ideal situation, you've got two parents, one can bring in enough money and the other one is basically devoting themselves to driving all over town and uh, helping their kid memorize their songs. Right. And there are so <laughs> many tasks, the driving, the scheduling, the, because you know, you're, you're managing a child who doesn't do all of the logistics, get on the phone, write the emails, do the calendar. It's, and, and probably acting classes and maybe dance classes and maybe voice lessons and who knows what else and homework and all the usual oh, right. kid stuff. <laughs> <That's that. laughs> right, the whole learning aspect. Um, oh, there's a, a lot of talk, in, well, there's a section in the book about managing siblings um, and about how, you know, it's, it's hard for s- some siblings. It's easy for some. It depends on, it ultimately seems to depend on the kid, yeah. depend on what their dreams and passions are. But your older daughter is interested in acting? She was. Um, she's pers- she's interested in opera right now. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. So they both really have beautiful cool. voices. They do. She's nice. got an amazing dramatic soprano, and she's working hard with that. She's uh, she's actually still in college. Uh, but we'll see. It's exciting. I, th- I think yeah. she's got what, it's ta- what it takes, but I know a lot less about opera than I, than I do <laughs> so about So are you going to become acting. an opera mom? <laughs> I, I might, you know. Right. Look out, world. <laughs> got another book to write. Um, but but so yeah so she but there's a seven year age difference and she was already off to college and we started this adventure so okay. she was always very very supportive but it's 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 hard when the kids are maybe a little closer in age or maybe they're they're younger you know they can feel it's easy for this this part of a family's life to become everything right. you know because there's 
like a sense that it's really important. But let's be honest, it's not any more important than what the other kids are pursuing. The other kids, right. if they're pursuing soccer or cheerleading or whatever, that's just as important. And I think that's part of the ticket to keeping everybody feeling honored and happy mm-hmm. is to make sure that that's, that's how the family frames it. Right. Right. Which is very good advice. Um, some of the other things that, you know, you didn't expect in this whole journey, um, some of the less glamorous logistics, but really good advice, um, was you were on the set of Descendants. You got an email from Dove's manager, um, saying, you know, she's not insured if she gets hurt on set. And you're thinking, really? About she fell has off my health chair. insurance. Yeah. Um, but it became clear that help, Regular health insurance is different than a work-related injury for a independent contractor. She's not employed by this company. So, yes, you almost fell off your chair. I, did. I was just like, it was, it, was, it was really like I had a very physical reaction. I was like, I mean, what? 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 She's not, in, she's not insured if she gets, like, injured on the job. I mean, she'd done a snowboarding movie. <laughs> I'd fallen on the snow two or three times during the course of that movie, you know? <laughs> Right. Racked up my shoulder. It's like what? It just that was just horrifying to me, and it's just one of the many little tiny details that, you know, everybody's got their piece of it that they're trying to help you with. You know, the agents got the agent piece, and the managers have the manager piece, and you know whatever else. Nobody's intentionally neglecting to kind of go down a minute checklist with a parent, but that's why I wrote this book. Right. It's like there's a lot to know. So you know, it turns out for everybody listening. Um, Actors are independent contractors. They're self-employed, like all other self-employed people. They're not, you know, um, employees of Disney or, you know, ABC Family or whoever they're they're acting for right now. And so they need to provide their own, basically, workman's comp. Wow. So we did that. She's covered now. Thank God. <laughs> but of all times to find out, yeah, you're like on, the, on a movie set. Yeah. So I'm glad it all worked out. But Thank yes, you. there's a lot of wonderful tips about these things that, you know, there's the glamour side, then there's the not glamorous things that you have to think about, in the, including the Coogan account, the mm-hmm. work permit. Um, and then one of the other things is they pronounce it Chispy, right? Chispy. <laughs> if you could explain what that is. The Chispy is the California High School Proficiency Exam. And it's only something that is relevant in the state of California, but it's extremely relevant to young actors because... You can take this exam, I think, at the second part of your sophomore year or if you're 16, one or the other. And if you take it and you pass it, and it's it's not the world's hardest test. Yeah. <laughs> it's mostly just math and English, I'll be honest. Um, then you become what they call a legal 18, which is the equivalent of um, an adult as far as the industry is concerned. And you can also be done with your high school. It's the equivalent of a high school diploma. So all of a sudden, you might be 16 or 17, but you can work adult hours, which means suddenly you're on the same playing field as a 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old who's after your job as, say, someone who's playing a high school student. Mm-hmm. And so suddenly you're in this sweet spot where if you're 16 or 17, you're more likely to get those roles, whereas if you're 16 or 17 and you don't have the chispy, you're actually less likely to get them because mm-hmm. it's cheaper and easier to employ an 18 or 22-year-old. Right, and the, the hours, they want them working more. If they have a lead role or a big role, they, they yeah. need to be working adult hours yeah. or it's really difficult to film yeah. sometimes. So can you talk about your decision? Because it wasn't an easy one Mm-mm. to make, to have Dove take it and go that route. Yeah, it, it wasn't easy. Um, and I've talked to a lot of parents about this, and it's 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 not a decision that should be taken lightly. Um, because for one thing, if a kid 
takes the chispy at say sixteen or seventeen and, and passes it. Um, so they're they're done with high school now. They've got their diploma essentially. That doesn't mean they've got the same credits that they need to get into college. And so if that's the route they go and they want to go to college later, they're not going to go straight into a four year university. They're going to need to make up some of those credits because just because you're out of high school doesn't mean you're into college. Right. You need more credits than right. that usually. Um, so there's that, and you need to be prepared for that. And if your family is really um, got its heart set on your kid doing a four-year school, you maybe don't want your kid to take mm-hmm. the CHSPE. Um, also, kids who get an earlier start in the industry who have like a decent track record on IMDb, they probably don't need to take the CHSPE because they've got a big enough name that the studios are going to work with them and say, all right, you know, you can't work this many hours like an adult, but we'll figure it out because mm-hmm. we want you mm-hmm. in this role. Whereas... Our situation was, you know, coming into town when she was 14, having her get her first role at 15. She was all of a sudden, like, competing with 18-year-olds, basically, for the same roles. And she didn't have anything, really, to speak of, to compete with. And right. so it was it was kind of a calculated risk on our part. And you made a kind of deal, you said. We did. <laughs> <laughs> the deal was basically, look, you know, we don't know if this is going to pan out or not. There's no knowing. Um, but if by the time you reach 18, nothing substantial has happened mm-hmm. with your, you know, hopeful career, then you're going to attend, you know, FITM, maybe, which is mm-hmm. the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, mm-hmm. I think, which she was interested in, or, or Santa Monica Community College, because mm-hmm. you'll need to go to a community college right. to get those credits. Right. And that was the deal, because it's like, it can't, it can't go on forever. There, right. there kind of needs to be a, a boundary there, right. at least in my thinking. Right. And as it turned out, <laughs> She was cast in what was it called Bits and Pieces? Yeah, her second her second gig was Bits and Pieces, which turned into Live and Maddie, and uh, it was supposed to be kind of a Brady Bunch mm-hmm. kind of thing, a mixed family YouTube. Isn't it amazing? Hollywood cracks me up. They completely changed it to to twin, but it's the same show. It's not what she auditioned <laughs> for. Nobody auditioned for twins. I know, and it you know it changed her life. Yeah, it literally changed her life. So it was a good risk to take, but. Again, it was, you know, another risk that you had to to weigh. Yeah. Luckily, it turned out. Um, and sadly, you mentioned, you know, there was originally five kids cast on Bits and Pieces. Mm-hmm. When it went forward as Liv and Maddie, one of them was no longer on the show. And that's just a reality. It's such a sad reality. Yeah. And you said that they were, you know, they you bond with people and they were bonded by the end of the pilot yeah. right yeah yeah you do i mean it's like it's like you know tv and film is like summer camp mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you, yeah. you bond and you get very very close with the people that you're working with because you're working very intensively together and it's a creative passionate field and and you share a lot and you get to know somebody really well so um yeah it was actually it was originally a family with four kids okay it's still a family with four kids but Two of them are played by one now. Okay. So that's what happened. Right. So they just thought, well, maybe five is too many kids. And so one dropped out. And it, it's a great lesson because it's not personal. Right. It wasn't because the other girl wasn't talented or anything like that. It's like it was just a structural thing. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, this is too many. One drops out. we got twins. It's like, okay, that's that's what happens. Right. And uh, and it's heartbreaking. And it happens more than more than you'd think. Right. The other thing is it's such a small town. People say that it truly is. So you would go on auditions and see all of the same 
kids sometimes if it was a cheerleader role there'd be 20 blondes in cheerleader costume yeah yeah and you all know each other right. like, oh hey i just saw you like tuesday right <laughs> but you get really good advice about always staying in the positive yeah. when you're talking about your experiences even if they're negative it is such a small town stay in the positive for every single back. every single reason every single reason for your own heart for your own karma for the fact that, yeah, whoever you're talking in front of who may be the person who's waiting on the table next to you is listening to what you have to say. Right. And it goes back somewhere because we really are all connected. It's amazing. So yeah. do you um, see, you know, some of a lot of the kids that used to audition with Dove, where are they now? Like, do you keep track or... We try, you yeah. know, we, we keep we keep close track of the kids that she's done projects with. Yes. I mean, in many cases, you know, you become friends. Yeah, you, that's what one said. It's so nice to see them grow up together. It's their own. It's their own high school. It is. In a sense. It is. Disney's kind of its own high school. Too, right, right. It's, it's not just Disney because these kids. This is the other thing. You know, there's a lot of kids who are like, I want to be on Disney. It's like it doesn't work that way. Right. Actually, it's it's these are all just young actors mm-hmm. and they go out on all the auditions they're sent out on and sometimes it's Disney and sometimes it's not. Right. I mean, Dove's first role was with Shameless. Right. You know, so... <laughs> yeah, it just depends. You have to just want to act. Yeah, you have to want to act. Right. And so, you know, you, you do projects with someone over here and then you do another project with someone over here and then you end up with friends in common. It's it's right. really very cool. It's an amazing community. There's a lot of talk, and I had to look it up because I'd never heard of it, of Oakwood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is it... Um, it's a community... That and it's a great business idea, I thought. Um, whoever came up with this of you know an apartment building, a community uh, for parents who are here for sh- it's short term housing mm-hmm. to be here for whatever if you're living in let's say Louisiana pilot season you want, or and and that's another thing you said there kind of really is no longer a pilot season. The industry has changed so much with Netflix and Amazon, but there are people who do come for that you know couple months mm-hmm. to see how it goes, try to get an agent, try to audition. Um, so there's this Oakwood, but I couldn't tell if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Some people had mixed I commentary. Think, I think that's because it's mixed, and depending on who you talk to, they think it's wonderful, and they're so glad that they, you know, lived there for a period of time, and then other people, really, that's not something that worked for them. We didn't ever live in the Oakwood, so I, I don't have any firsthand experience myself. Okay. Um, but it is a place where, where parents and children, you know, young actors do seem to congregate especially during pilot season but also year round because right. it's incredibly perfectly situated in terms of access you know physical location, location. geography mm-hmm. um and and there's something that works for a lot of people about being in a place with a bunch of other people who are trying to do what you do because you can share yeah. information which again isn't always a good thing okay because it sounds like it could be good or bad i think it can be and i think it depends on you and your needs and your experience yeah there seem to be mixed feedback about it yeah i guess if you're prone to stress maybe and getting you know your kid gets nervous before auditions or i don't know it might not be helpful to have to get in the elevator and hear somebody else talking about the same audition i don't know personally i mean i just i i wanted something that felt more normal and grounded i mean i found us a little apartment where she could walk to school if necessary okay i wanted it to feel um i don't know Real, yeah. I guess. Not that the Oakwoods aren't real. They're as real as anything. Right, but, right, right. But right. this is personal preference. Not surrounded by other kids trying to do the same thing. Yeah, yeah. it seemed a little like hothouse to me, yeah. but that's just me. It's like a Petri dish of little young actors. Yeah. <laughs> um, when Did you work any, um, like your focus was, it was CEO of this company. 
Um, did you try to look for other work? Because other parents do do that, which I, I – how? There's only 24 hours in the day. I know. I found it really, really difficult to work while doing this because the minute you'd set up an appointment with somebody – um, you'd have to break it. I mean, that is the rule of being a parent of a child who's really going for it is, is these auditions have less than 24 hours notice usually. So you just can't plan any schedule right. at all if they're, if they're getting anywhere and they're getting very many auditions. So that was incredibly difficult. And I think that people, I think they underestimate that. And I think that, that people should really understand that it's not easy to find any sort of work that you can do that's compatible with right. helping a kid get on their feet in this career. Even if there was a description of someone who, you know, kind of did something after out, you know, worked from home, but even that is if it's taking time and this already takes so much time. Yeah. It's taking away from scheduling audition, et cetera, all exactly. the work that's involved. Yeah. And I, I decided, well, you know, I had enough money in the bank because I'd cashed everything out. I thought, all right, if, we, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Right, <laughs> so I'm not right. going to sort of, you know, scuttle it by half doing it. Right. But you must have had a severe budget or a, a really, really, <laughs> yeah. did you have, were you, you seem very organized. I can tell from the book. Thank you. Um, I mean, I think you could run any business. And so you must have had, did you have a spreadsheet? Did you have a, not, we didn't have to talk about numbers, but I kind how of did, did you do yeah. it? Yeah, okay. no, I kind of did. I, I'm, I'm a spreadsheet girl and I'm a research girl. Right. <laughs> and a box checker. Yeah. I am too. I like to see things laid out. So, but I would get nervous if I saw it dwindle. Like, was there a number that you had where you were like, if it gets down to this, Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do something else. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was scary because it was starting to kind of go in that direction when things started to pan out for her. But but, but the, the trick for people to understand is, you know, just because your kid's starting to make money, that's your kid's money. It's right. not your money. Right. Guess what? You know? That's the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's your kid's money. That's the law. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, well, it should be their money morally. It's like, no, actually, it is, in fact, they're legally money, not just the 15% that goes right. to the Coogan. So, um, you know, hooray if your kid starts making money, but you still need to, unless they're paying the rent for some reason, uh, you still need to have a way to do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah amazing well it all worked out thank god <laughs> um and it works out for a lot of people you're very encouraging in the book you know yeah. really, you manage expectations really really well um and it, it's just amazing that you just never know because i love how you ended with um right before she got bits and pieces <laughs> she dove was rejected as quote, mud-covered girl for another project. And she was, like, starting to get a little, like, I can't even land mud-covered girl. I know. And it's, like, like a perfect <laughs> lesson that you just never know when the break is going to come. What you don't get is no indication of what's going to happen in the future. Literally the next day. The next day. You know, I mean, and really, mud-covered girl wasn't much of a prize in terms <laughs> right. of opportunity. But it would have been work. It would have been something. Right, right. <laughs> Amazing. And you said, you know, you believe everything happens for a reason. Me too. And I love your quote. I want it on t-shirts. I want it on bumper stickers. May the right thing happen. Thank you. It's the, the perfect thing to, to ask the universe, not for something specific, but for the right thing yeah. for you and your path and your lessons. And it's perfect. So I'm thrilled that the right thing happened for you guys. Congratulations. Thank you. Fern. So now that Dove is Dove. <laughs> um, 
what are you doing? I'm doing this. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um, the book's just been out for a couple of months now, and so you know, I'm still working to get the word out about it because it's a real, it's a niche. Yes. You know, it's yeah. it's not for everybody, but for the people that it's for, it's like it's the best thing out there. Right. You know, it really is the only thing like it out there. Right. Um, and I've got a couple of online courses that are available on my website to help people who want to, you know, dig a little deeper with the subject. And um, I'm starting to do some one-on-one coaching, which mm-hmm. is really fun. Yeah. Uh, personal coaching. Nice. And, uh, so or it's not coaching. Can, it's more like consulting. Right. <laughs> so people who are, you know, perhaps deciding whether or not to move to L.A. from wherever mm-hmm. can call you for an hour. Yeah, literally like an hour. Break it down. I can make a big difference in an yeah, hour. Nice. Yeah, like answer a lot of questions and, you know, give my opinion on yeah. stuff and help them kind of know how to hold it, how they right. might, you know, I'm never going to tell I'm never going to tell somebody what to do. Right. But I will give them my opinion and right. give them everything I've got. Right. Just the information helps them make the decision. You it's you can't make a good decision if you don't have all the information. Right. And you are chock full of information. So Thank what you. is your website? hollywoodparentsguide.com. And that's where they can find out about this book, about consulting, and also your podcast? Yeah, and I just started a new podcast series. The podcasts are free. They're super fun to listen to. I've got a blog. It's obviously free. Um, yeah, the courses, the podcasting, the uh, personal consulting, and the book's available on, on Amazon okay. as well. And the podcasting can be found on the web. Is it on iTunes It's on as my well? blog. It will be on iTunes okay. pretty soon. Right now it's on my blog. And then where can people find you on social media? I'm on Twitter at Bonnie J. Wallace, and I'm on Instagram at Bonnie J. Wallace. Nice. Well, congratulations on everything. Thank you so much Thank for you, stopping friend. by. I love the book. In the sake of full disclosure, I have no kids. <laughs> I don't want kids. We're happily child-free at the Rone house. But when this was presented to me, I was like, hell yeah, I bet it has great stories. And it has great stories. Plus, it is a um, perfectly laid out explanation of things step by step. If you are, if you have a talented child and it is a gift from, it is a gift to be blessed with talent. And if your child has it, you should consider sharing it with the world. But before you move to LA, (laughs) even though LA is the best place, um, read The Hollywood Parents Guide by Bonnie J. Wallace. And even for someone who, it was just such a great insight. It was such an enjoyable read, such a great insight. I have a whole new appreciation for child actors and their CEO moms and dads. Um, So it was wonderful. So congratulations. Thank you, Fern. And again, I'm Fern Ronay. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Fern Ronay. And this is Book Circle Online. Managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menunos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to BookCircleOnline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at BookCircleOnline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.